this morning, uh, we're going to start a new journey um, down a a road that honestly we've we've probably never been down before, and um, still don't really know. Uh, praying through this week and understanding uh, what I was going to do next, uh, why God uh, led me to uh, this particular book, but God knows it all, right? And um, and so I was opening my Bible on on Monday and 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 just coming back from vacation and trying to get thoughts together and figuring out where. Uh, God would lead us, um, I opened up my Bible, and, and God's like, turn to the Minor Prophets. And I was like, okay, I'll turn to the Minor Prophets. And I opened up to the Minor Prophets. First one I came to was Habakkuk. And um, I start reading Habakkuk. And I texted Tiffany. I said, hey, I, I think I'm going to start a sermon series through the book of Habakkuk. And her response was, why? Um, and so uh, that's just kind of how things played out. And it's uh, it's been very enriching to, to my life this week and, and really uh, worked on my heart a lot. And so I invite you today, turn to this book, this short book in the Old Testament. Um, it's such a short book, but rich in text to the book of Habakkuk. And if you just want to uh, do something fun today, uh, this afternoon, you can try to say that five times fast, and I, you'll probably get tongue twisted uh, saying that. But uh, some of you, or maybe perhaps many of you, uh, have never uh, read this short book before. Um, and I encourage you over the next four weeks, it's only three chapters, um, take time and read it each week. Um, and, and let the Lord speak to you, uh, even uh, as we familiarize ourselves with the text. We're going to start in chapter 1. We're going to do this verse by verse over the next four weeks. And I believe it's important to note also that um, maybe if you're, if you're new to this church, or, or, or maybe you've been coming for a, a small or, or short period of time, that the people in this congregation is, is nothing but family. Um, that, that's who we are. We, we are truly blessed when it comes to that as a church, and we take pride in that. It is a, it's hard to find it nowadays, if you're honest with yourself. It's hard to find people that just want to be family. We don't, we don't see race. We don't see economic statuses. We, we don't see age. Uh, but what we see is genuine relationships that are being built with others. And I, I think you can see um, most of that in action before and after service on, on Sunday mornings and, and during the week. You, you don't have people uh, running to the doors to leave. Sometimes we have to push them out uh, to leave. Um, we share burdens with each other. We, we pray with each other. And when we go through something, we go through it together. And it doesn't matter what it is that we go through. We see a genuine connection because when one hurts, we simply all hurt. But here's the truth today. Over the last year and a half, we've seen people in our congregation and maybe throughout our life go through tremendous trials, tremendous life trials, whether it be with a job loss, whether it be with COVID and maybe even uh, losing a family member, seeing a family member in the hospital, instability through uh, depression and emotions. Uh, Satan has truly thrown his punch to our congregation, and we do nothing but prevail every single time. And to be honest with you today, your, your pastor has gone through many of these things over the last year and a half. But it's also a very personal matter within our hearts as well. When we got back from vacation this past weekend, I, I immediately began just to, to think and pray through what God would have me to do. What, what would he have me to preach? We're coming up on the holiday season, so you didn't want to get anything that's going to last 12 weeks because you're going to run into Thanksgiving, you're going to run into Christmas. And I was working out, and I put my headphones on. 
And uh, I always listen to the Bible as I'm as I'm, I'm running or doing whatever I do in the gym. I just I just listen to text over and over and over. And here I am on Monday in my office, uh, reading through Habakkuk, and and I just have a randomizer on on my uh, playlist for my Bible on my phone. And I'm sitting there working out, and Habakkuk starts to play again. And and, and I'm hearing this cry from Habakkuk, and. You know, it was one of those things like, okay, God, this is it. Uh, you know, he does things in incredible ways. And if you've went through a hard time recently, or maybe you have struggled to understand why things happen the way they do, then I would say this is a series for you. I would say commit the next four weeks to be in here uh, to hear this message out. If you can't seem to get back on your feet, then this is probably going to be for you. If you wrestle with thoughts of, of worry, uh, like myself, this is for you. Uh, my whole intent through uh, the next four weeks is to encourage you while bringing you the biblical truths that we find in God's Word to help us get through this. It's, it's not man's opinion over the next four weeks. It's going to be directly from God and His Word. So uh, don't get mad at the messenger. Get mad at God if you get mad over the next four weeks. But before we dive into this text, I feel it's appropriate that we uh, tell you a little bit about Habakkuk, because obviously we, we probably don't know a whole lot about this book. It was all happening around uh, 620 B.C. Uh, as the Assyrian Empire uh, was beginning to fall and, and the Babylonians were, were up and coming at this time. Typically in the Old Testament, minor prophet books, they address Judah. If you, if you read through the minor prophets, you're going to see Judah a lot. But that's not the case with Habakkuk. And this three-chapter book is a dialogue between Habakkuk and God. Habakkuk will say something for about ten verses, and then God will say something for about ten verses. And they just keep going back and forth. And he knew the spirituality had left the building long ago, Habakkuk did. Habakkuk knew there was some issues going on. And in the first two chapters, it's, it's just questions and answering. Habakkuk saw the moral demise of Judah. He knew something was wrong. He knew that it was corrupt. He knew the spirituality was gone. And he would begin to ask God all, all these questions that we want to ask. Why are the good people being punished? Have you ever asked that before? Why is it always the good? Why are those that are doing wrong not being punished? Have we asked that before? Why, why are these people not getting in trouble? And the same questions that Habakkuk was asking God are the same questions that we're still asking today. And through all of this, Habakkuk was going to have to learn to trust God through the trial, learn to have hope when it got hard, and his judgments, because after all he's uh, done and, and he realizes, I'm not God, and I don't know the answers, but I can ask God for the answers. And, you know, sometimes we, we sit back and I've asked the question, why God, several times this week. Why God? Why are you doing what you're doing? And at the end of the day, at the end of the tunnel, he's God and I'm not. He leads his church, not Thomas. And sometimes it's hard. It's hard to see it that way because we want all the answers. We want to hold it all in our hands and, and have it all in one basket so when something bad happens, we can just say, I've got it right here. I know why. I know the answer. But we don't know the answer at times. So let's start in this book. Um, 
I'm going to read verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to go straight into our first truth this morning. Habakkuk chapter 1. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity, and cause me to see trouble? Plundering and violence are before me. There is strife, and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore perverse judgment proceeds. Our first truth this morning is that a cry for help is not a moment of weakness. It's a moment of strength. A cry for help is not a moment of weakness in your life. It is a moment of strength. And if we can start looking at it that way, that when we need something and we cry out to God and we believe that he's called us to do something, and He's calling us to take a stand or to do whatever it is that we're doing in this life. We need to understand it's not a moment of weakness when you have to ask for help. I've had to learn that. I've had to learn to ask for help, and I don't like asking for help. If you know anything about me, I like just doing it myself. And a lot of times when I do it myself, I'm like, this is why I do it. <laughs> you know. But, but this is something that we've had to learn. You know, last several years of ministry, just life in general. I believe sometimes when we ask for help, we think that it's a moment of weakness in our life. We think it's a, a moment of shame. We want to be strong. We, we think we have to be strong. But the Bible continually says if you want answers, if you want to hear, then you need to cry out to God. There's nobody else that can give you the right answer. Look, we, my family's going through some things right now that, that only my family can get through. Like, that, that's it. No, nobody can give us the right answer. Uh, we're the ones that have to make the decisions that we're going to make. And at the end of the day, it's the decision that we believe God wants us to make. And so it doesn't matter. There, there may be moments where we think we have to be strong. But if we just cry out to him, everything will be okay. Remember the prophet Jonah? You know, when, when he, was, he was on the boat and, and they were gambling against him, they were going to toss him over the boat. And, and, and this is the thing. They said this to him. If you believe, why don't you cry out to the God that you say you believe in? That's what they, they responded to Jonah. Jonah was doing it by himself, and they knew that he was God's man. They knew that he was God's appointed man. And they just looked at him and said, well, if you believe in God, why don't you cry out to him? Won't you cry out to the one that you say is the one true God? And in that moment, John, Jonah had to just make up his mind at that point. Do I believe or do I not believe? Do I believe in the one that I say I believe in or do I just need to keep doing what I'm doing? And this is what I believe God wants us to hear today. Do we believe or do we not believe? If we believe that God has his hand upon Cross Life Church, if we believe that God is going to do greater and mighty things within Cross Life Church, then what is holding us back from taking the full plunge? In just two weeks, two weeks from today, we are probably going to have the biggest week of missions that we have ever experienced as a church. Over 20, over 20 projects, I think it's 22 or 23 projects that are going to be done by the hands and feet of Cross Life Church. 
But this is the question. If you don't believe something great is going to happen that week, then what's the point of doing it? I'm trusting that God's going to change lives. I'm estimating that we, that we reach about 1,200 people that week. That's my estimation. About 1,200 people that we will impact through the gospel if we will be willing to share it and get it out. And there's no telling what would happen if we reach 1,200 people. Church, we can't fit 1,200 in here. Look around. Like, there, ain't, there ain't no way. But we're ready for it. And we have to say, God, we believe and we're trusting that this is the week that you have for us. Don't be afraid to call out for help in your moments of weakness. We were talking in the men's group this past Wednesday night. And we just got a, a band of brothers. like that, That's what we are. And, and we're talking about struggles, different things that we're going through. And I remember I spoke up and, and I just said, I said this, you know, one thing that, that we love about Cross Life is that when we have a moment of weakness, God's there with us. And we have our men there to help us get through it. Like, that's what I love about it. I can text anybody or call anybody in this church, and I know they're there for me. And they're going to help me through my moment of weakness. But let me encourage you today. You've got, a, you've got a Savior, and His name is Jesus, that can help you through your weakness as well. And it doesn't have to be me that you call on. All you've got to do is call on his name at any time of the day, at a snap of a finger, and he is going to help you. And when we fall into sin, cry out to God to deliver you instead of waiting until that sin happens. It's not a moment of weakness. It's a moment of strength. And for Habakkuk, he was asking, Lord, how long am I going to have to wait? Have you ever asked that before? Lord, how, how long am I going to have to wait for an answer? How, how long must I ask for help? How long must I pray for my sick child or, or my sick mother or my sick spouse or my sick sibling? How long, Lord, must I ask you to intervene before you answer in my situation? And Habakkuk was really at a pivotal point in his life. Hey, th this was like a make it or break it moment for Habakkuk. He was going to bat for his people. Hey, he, he was up there. He was the only one that was going to stand up. And he was in this moment of desperation cry for help. And this is someone that was trying to have hope when life was getting hard. It was somebody that had no hope in life, but he knew that he could call on one person. And his name was God. He knew that his army wasn't going to be fit to help him through it. But he knew that God would answer. You ever had a moment like that? Maybe, maybe a moment of hopelessness when... You couldn't understand a, a situation. I think we see this in marriages. I think we see this in relationships today. We say until death do us part in our wedding vows, but sometimes it's not death do us part. It's until the better one comes along. Hey, may, maybe our cry is how long, Lord, must I wait for the right job? How long, Lord, must I wait for the right person? How long, Lord, must I wait for an answer? Maybe it's not the cry for help, but it's a cry for answers because we do everything that we can right, and it falls through the, through the cracks. Maybe it's a, a child that is going down the wrong path, uh, and it's a cry for help. Maybe it's a job that you've done right for so many years, but you were in the last round of layoffs. Maybe it's the relationship where you gave all the love that you could in that relationship, but you weren't loved back. And you cry out to God and you say, how long, Lord? How long, Lord? What is your how long, Lord? 
What is that in your personal life? There, there's been many moments that I can say that I, I have cried out to God since planting the church. Like There has been many Sunday afternoons where I wanted to take my head and beat it across that brick wall and say, Lord, how long must I wait? How long, Lord, must we do this? How, how long until things will fall together? How long, Lord, must we go on before we see the breakthrough happen? How long, Lord? Can I just encourage you to stay faithful? When we stay faithful, that's when God works the most. When we worry, that's when God doesn't work. Hey, we, we may not get all the answers that we want in the beginning. You're probably not going to get it within the next week. You may not get it within the next quarter. But I'm under the understanding that God's word says his timing is perfect. That he's right on time. That he doesn't miss a beat. And so now that your cry for help is not a moment of weakness, it's a moment of strength, we can go to our second truth today. And I just want us to say a refocused mindset changes the whole playing field. A refocused mindset changes the whole entire playing field. Look at verses 5 through 11. This is what God says back to Habakkuk after he cries out. He says, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days, which you do not believe, though it were told to you. For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans, a, a bitter and hasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the air to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and they are dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses also are swifter than leopards and more fierce than evening wolves. Their chargers charge ahead. Their cavalry comes from afar. They fly as the eagle that hastens to eat. They all come for violence. Their faces are like the east wind. They gather captives like sand. They scoff at kings, and princes are scorned by them. They deride every stronghold, for they heap up earthen mounds and seize it. Then his mind changes, and he transgresses. He commits offense, ascribing this power to his God. So we go through Habakkuk's cry out to God, and now in this set of verses, we see that God is answering that cry. He's going to go a different route with, with this than probably Habakkuk wanted, or maybe Habakkuk had ever uh, been explained to before. This is uh, what I was reminded of this week. Listen to this. When, when God breaks you, hey, when, when God breaks you, he will put the pieces back together in a way that you've never experienced it before. When God breaks you, and he absolutely breaks you down to your knees. He will put those pieces back together in ways that you've never experienced things before. And this is exactly what is going on in Habakkuk's life right now. When, when God can give us a refocused mindset, it changes the playing field in every aspect of your life. God, God starts off with this response. He says, look, Habakkuk. Look among all these nations in this watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it was told to you. God is like, if you can't see the work I'm doing, I'm sorry. 
I haven't stopped working for you. I've been in the background everywhere you have been. He's saying the same thing to us today. He hasn't stopped working in front of us. He hasn't quit working on our behalf. He's working in ways that we have honestly never seen him work. We, we don't understand it, why he's doing some of the things that he does. But as I said earlier, he's God and I'm not. He told Habakkuk, I've already told you this before, but maybe you didn't hear it. <laughs> Have you ever been in those shoes before? Maybe you didn't hear what your wife was saying to you. Maybe you didn't hear that your child wasn't going to be home on Friday night until after midnight. Uh, maybe we hear things that we don't want to hear, and we don't hear things that we should hear. Okay? And so God gives a, a shift of focus, and he says, you don't see it now, but you're going to see me work in ways that you've never seen it. You may feel alone, but you're not. You may feel like there is no hope in your life, but I'm telling you there is. You may feel that your life is too stressful and there's no looking up for a long time, but I'm here to proclaim to you, I've been there before. Hey, and all I can do is put my head down and keep going. Look, I'm on this journey. Everybody knows I'm on a journey. 23 pounds in six, six weeks. Man, praise the Lord. Um, I've got about 13 pounds to go, and I'm not stopping, and I'm not quitting until I hit it. Like, I'm like the Energizer Bunny. Like, I don't stop. Tiffany's like, you need to take a break. Your legs are going to get hurt. You need to take a break. And I'm like, I'm going to hit this weight. I'm going to hit it before Christmas. Like, that, that's my goal. I've got it in my mind. It's on my calendar. December 25th, 190 pounds. It's on my calendar. And so, like, that's what I'm looking towards. And I don't take no for, for an answer. If anybody knows me at all, when we set goals here at the church, like, we don't take no for an answer. Like, we're going to hit those goals. We're going to do everything in our power to not come short because we believe that's what God wants. So I, I believe in my life this is what God wants for me right now. He wants me to live a better lifestyle. And so God's with Habakkuk right now, and, and he's just like, look, you, you've got to stay committed. You've got to stay committed to, to God's will. You, you've got to stay committed to this army. He didn't call us to the short-term life. He calls us to long-term longevity. God, God then goes out and he tells them what he's been up to. He says, I've done this and I've done this. He says, I'm doing this. He says, there's reasons behind what I'm doing because there's some not doing it as they should. And so changing the mindset, he's giving him a different perspective. Patrick tells me that all the time. Hey, I'll come to Patrick with something. He's like, let me give you a different perspective. He does it about every week. And it, and it kills me. It irritates me sometimes. But his perspective sometimes makes you think in a different way that you've never thought before. Like, maybe this is why this is happening. Stop looking at the two-week-ahead two mark and look six months down the road mark. And so a different perspective changes the playing field. Hey, even, even Jesus, while hanging on the cross, said in Matthew 27, 46, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even Jesus was asking questions. Even Jesus didn't know all the answers. And sometimes in this life, when we cry out, it's not a bad thing. But the question is, when's the last time you can say you actually cried out? When's the last time you can say that God really took a hold of you 
And he brought you to your knees in complete submission to say, God, I'm yours. And I believe if we would have that moment, I read a book one time called Aha. It's by Kyle Adelman, a great book. He talked about the aha moments. And I remember the aha moments in my life. The aha moment when I was pastoring a church that I loved. I loved Grundy Baptist Church. Still love that church. But I had the aha moment that God had better plans, bigger plans that I couldn't see. I remember the moment that God invited me to full-time ministry to take part. I say invited because he invited me. It was up to me if I took that call or not. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember the moment that he cried out to me and said, Thomas, you need to be saved. I remember those moments. And it was moments of uh, just, just understanding that all of the cries that I had cried, he was giving me the answer to my cry. So the crying out from Habakkuk wasn't a bad thing because God's response ended up being a good thing. You gave him a different perspective. Number three this morning. A committed believer can both wrestle with honest questions and embrace a genuine faith in Christ. A committed believer can both wrestle with the honest questions and they can also embrace a genuine faith in Christ. It, it made me take a while to believe that statement, Benny. Like God gave me those words and I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that. And I just kept writing it, kept reading I'm like, yeah, I get that. I get that. I believe that statement. I believe that that is possible. As a pastor, people ask, there's so much suffering in the world. Why would you believe in God? And my response is, there's so much suffering in the world. Why shouldn't I believe in God? You know, we, we, we look at it and we can wrestle with the honest questions. And I, I don't want to, to leave you hanging this morning. Uh, so I want us to look at the first and second verse of, of Habakkuk's response back. Because we could, we could end the message uh, by, by finishing with, with God's reply, not really ever knowing what Habakkuk says until next week, but I don't want to leave you hanging there. And so let's look at verses 12 and 13. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have appointed them for judgment. O Rock, you have marked them for correction. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil. And cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously? And hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he. We wrestle with all of the honest questions all the time, don't we? Has there ever been a question in the Bible that you've just wanted answered, but you can't find the answer to it? Have you ever had the answers, and then it's like you find out that it's maybe not the answer? Have you ever just asked maybe a pastor like me a question and you didn't have a response for it? Like I, did, I just couldn't answer it. He's God and we're not. There's so many questions I want to ask God when he sends me to glory. Some, some things that I just want answered. Did Adam and Eve have a belly button? Like, I want to know that. <laughs> no, like. There's some, some hard questions. Like you read through the book of Revelation. We don't know all the answers. We can kind of have vision of, of what's going to happen. We can kind of have the, uh, the mindset that 
this is going to happen and this is going to happen, but honestly, we don't know. We can come and inform the opinion and, and the theology that is based around our, our answers, but only God knows if it's correct or not. Like we we got denomination after denomination after denomination in this world today. And you know why? Because they couldn't come to an agreement on things. Oh, the Baptists. Like, do you know how many Baptist churches there are? Do you know the reason why many Baptist churches split off from one another argument? How do you think all the Baptist churches pop up? How do you think all the Methodist churches pop up? You got United Methodists, you've got the regular Methodists, you got Southern Baptists, you got Independent Baptists. You've got free will Baptists, you've got Pentecostals, you've got Presbyterians, you've got Lutherans. Like the reason why all of that has happened is because of the theology things that we couldn't agree on. And so we just say, we can't, we can't worship together. <laughs> we can't be here. And it's hard, isn't it? Like, it, it breaks my heart. When we moved here, they were like, man, we really need a church. We, we got a pocket of lostness and... There's all these lost people. There's many people that need to be saved. And I remember pulling up, and, like, I'm literally looking at a church across from a church. And I was like, you don't need more churches. You need churches that get along with each other, that, that, that will talk about Jesus. And, and so we wrestle with questions. John's made me wrestle with some questions over the last couple of weeks with this experience in God's study. And, and man, I, I'll tell you, if you have not come out on Wednesday nights yet, I, I just encourage you to do it. Something that we have talked about, and I think we're going to continue to talk about for weeks to come, is this thing called the crisis of belief. And, and when someone faces a crisis of belief, it's usually when they're about to be in the pits and there's only one way to go. And so you start going to church. And as you go to church, you listen to messages. And you feel like they're spoken straight to you. Somebody, I think it might have been John this week that put something on Facebook. You ever sit in church and you just feel like the preacher's looking right at you the whole sermon. You know, I don't do that on purpose. If I do that, I'm sorry. It's, it's Lord's conviction. <laughs> um, but but maybe, maybe you, you've been spoken straight to and you change your life and you just get on that cloud nine of belief in faith and trust in God. But then the questions start coming to your mind and the answers become a little foggy. And I encourage you for a moment, when a committed believer wrestles with those honest questions, when a committed believer answers and goes through these honest questions, they can embrace their genuine faith in Jesus. They can be thankful for how far God has brought them. And it's when we, we aren't willing to wrestle with the questions when we start failing, when we start falling, when we start falling away. But I'm one of those, like, usually I don't lay down until all of my answers are given for today. Like, I'll, I'll sit there with Tiff, and, and she, for a while, she, we would spend like 45 minutes before bed. She's like, all right, tell me everything that's on your mind. And I would just spill it out to her. And go to sleep. You know, but you know what I've noticed? I used to have to do that all the time. But now that I've lost a little bit of this, like I sleep like a baby. She told me this past week, I don't even snore anymore. Like I, I'm getting good sleep. And you know why? Because I'm doing something that I love and I enjoy during the day. 
and when I do it, I tire myself out. And so I sleep, like, imagine that. But usually, you know, like, how many of you stress eat? I, I stress eat, okay? I, if I'm stressed out, you're going to see me with the bag of Doritos in my hand. Like, um, and that's just who I am. Now it would be like a bag of grapes. Um, but I still stress eat. Okay? If, it's been, if it's been a hard day, I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat snacks all night long. And we wrestle, and we wrestle, and we wrestle, and we, we wrestle with the doubts. We, we wrestle with, uh, do we want to go into a deeper faith? But what if wrestling with your doubts is your step to a deeper faith? What if wrestling with all of your pain is a step to becoming free? And I'm thankful today that maybe it's the, the questions that we wrestle with, Maybe it's at the point where we think study isn't worth it, that it becomes that problem. It's when we think we know all that we need to know, and there's no point of doing devotions. There's no point in picking up the Bible because we're not getting the answers. God's not speaking to me, that we have the head knowledge that we need. But genuine faith in Christ wants us to find the biblical answers in life, and that's what it's all about. But what if asking the hard questions and asking God for those answers is the passageway to maturing in your knowledge of God and who He is? But let's be honest. The reason that maybe we don't ask the questions that we need to ask is sometimes we're afraid that God will give us the answer. Maybe the reason that we don't pray for the things that we really need to pray for is because we're afraid He's going to answer it in the way that we don't want it answered. Maybe it's the calling on your life that you have yet to find, and you don't want to pray for that calling because you're afraid that He will call you. I've been there. Look, one of the hardest prayers I prayed was when it was about time to leave the church I was serving in. God, are you sure? Like He's like, I'm sure. I've been sure for 10 years. Where have you been? You know, I've said it before to you, don't pray for the things that you don't want answered. Because he will answer it. But the question is, is it answered in the way that you want it answered? You can't have it both ways. We want answers, we cry out to God, he gives us answers. And then at times, we get the answer we don't want. Or sometimes you get no answer at all. Maybe he will show us his will when we don't necessarily want to walk all the way through that door Maybe he'll show you a different lifestyle and you're comfortable in the way that you live and, and you don't want to quit having that type of fun yet. What if, though, it takes a deep pain to experience hope and life in Jesus Christ? The gospel is all in Habakkuk chapter 1. Habakkuk cries out to God. He's like, I need answers. And God says, I've given you the answers. It's right in front of you. You missed it, so let me tell you again. That's what, that's what he says. He says, in verse 5, which you would not believe, though, if it were told you, saying, look, if I even told you what it was going to be about, you wouldn't believe me. But I'm going to make it happen anyway. I'm going to work in your life in a way that you've never seen me work before. 
I'm going to do things in your family that you would have never imagined before. I'm going to open up the wavelength for you and your family and your kids if you will just trust me and you will do life with me and you would understand that you're not God and I am. That I sent this man named Jesus to this world to die for you so that you could have eternal life. Like You've got to do nothing for it. I've done all of that for you. And all I'm asking you to do is trust me. And it's hard, isn't it? Trust is hard. It's difficult. But when we trust, you got somebody else on your side. You're not having to do it by yourself. I think so often we think we have to do this life by ourselves. When, when It's like I said in the beginning, when we struggle, we all struggle. When I struggle, you struggle with me. When Jim's going through something, we're going to go through it with Jim. When Benny goes through something, we're going through it with Benny. When Cindy goes through something, we're going to go through it with her. And we're one big family because that is what God has called the church to be. And unfortunately, that's not what the church has been lately. That's not what the church has been in America. You've got people fighting against people. You've got argument against argument. You've got one political stance versus another political stance. And what it's doing is interfering with the church. It's interfering with people. It's interfering with lives. There's only one person I have to answer to. His name's Jesus. As the worship team comes up, we get ready to close this morning. Let me remind you that we're only 13 verses into this book. <laughs> There's a lot more to unpack. I'll go ahead and warn you, chapter 2 isn't much better. Um, don't walk away from God in chapter 1. Hey, I, I just encourage you, run to the Father and embrace Him today. I, I, think, I think it speaks truth today that God can still speak through the minor prophets. I think we forget about the Old Testament a lot. But there's some rich stuff in it. And there's some things that could turn our life around if we would just be readily available to be used. My, my encouragement to you today is if you have never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, that today would be the day that you accept Him. That you would run to the Father and you would embrace Him in a way that you've never embraced Him before because He has been ready to embrace you for a long time. And it was such a time as this that on October the 24th, that the date was 24th, October the 24th of 2021, that he would change your life. And that you would sit in the pew that you're sitting in today or you're listening online where you're listening today. And he says, I'm going to change your life. He's saying this to you. Come home, child. Come home. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this minor prophet Habakkuk where he just cries out to you. And God, we're reminded today that when we cry out, you answer. Lord, whatever it is that we're dealing with today, whatever challenges that are in front of us, Lord, I pray that we would embrace it and not run away from it. Lord, I pray today that if there is somebody here that has ran away from you for so long that they would come home. 
and that they would understand that there is a relationship that you desire to have with them. Lord, speak to our hearts during this invitational time. Speak through our life. And God, give us a peace that passes all understanding as we leave here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship. Let the praise go up as the walls come down.
to you, then I'm going to get up and make a few more announcements. All right, so for those who do not know me, my name is Amber. I am the um, worship leader here at Cross Life. Uh, first off, I just want to thank God for giving me the opportunity to use my musical gifts to glorify him. Um, I don't really speak up here, so please bear with me. I don't like speaking at all. Um, but I'm thankful and blessed to be able to worship here every single Sunday. Um, but over the past year, um, I've learned that God brings us into a season of our lives, and I'm grateful for the seasons that God has put me in. But I'm also learning that God's going to show us when the season of our life is about to come to an end. And after much prayer, I have decided to step down from my position as worship leader here at Cross Life. I just want to thank the worship team for always showing up and always just being ready to worship. You guys are wonderful. Um, I know not all the worship teams in here, some of them are over there, but I just want to thank you, worship team, for everything you've done for me. Um, I've also want to thank... Thomas and Tiffany for just welcoming me with open arms. Thank you for everything, Thomas. My last Sunday will be next Sunday, October 31st. Um, my prayer for my prayer though is I pray for the worship team as they go through this transition, but I also pray for you guys as you continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Jesus, because I know that's what this church is about. Uh, um, I also just pray for me as well as for the next step for me. I don't know. I know I'm going to be focusing on my full-time job, but as for worship, I don't know what's, what season God's going to put me in. But I just want to thank you guys so much for everything you have done for me. And just continue, I'm going to continue to pray for you guys, and I just hope you continue to pray for me as well. Thank you. Thank you, Amber, for your time and your dedication and Worship team, if you are on the worship team next, probably this week, I'll be getting in contact. Uh, we'll be doing our next steps. We don't we don't want this to, um, to hinder what Amber is doing over the next seven days, but we know we do have to uh, move forward as a team because the first Sunday in November is going to come. And um, so, don't want to uh, don't be stressed. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. You know, as I, I've, I've said it in my sermon this morning, every time we're hit with a punch, we, we prevail. And um, so I encourage you today, um, let's prevail. Uh, Y'all pray for Amber. Um, 
I'm so glad our, our paths have crossed, even though it was for a, a very short amount of time. Um, you know, pray for her as she, she just finds uh, the path that she needs to take. But at the same time, uh, we have some exciting things coming up, and we need to be excited about that. Saturday night, huge outreach opportunity for our church. You're probably going to see every bit of 100, 125 kids come through this parking lot. Um, that should excite us. And so uh, if you have not signed up to, to, to have a trunk, you just, just come with your trunk. Um, don't, don't, don't stress over the decorating of your trunk. If you just can come and give out candy. We are going to have a, uh, a, a, a competition, Cindy. And Cindy's not allowed to win this year because she won last year. And so uh, we're going to make sure, we're not even going to number her car as kids come by, so she won't even have a number to win this year. Uh, no Chick-fil-A is allowed. Um, that's, that's, but, but so, uh, become, you decorate your trunk. If you decorate it, we will put you into a, uh, a competition to, and, and it's not, it's not us that, that, that votes on it. It's everybody that comes through that will, will vote on that. And so um, we'll have a gift card for you if you win and all that good stuff. Uh, we're going to have candy on site, but we need you to bring candy for your trunk. And if you start getting low, I promise you we'll have enough candy to, to fill you back up, uh, to keep you going for, for tonight. It'll be from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Also, in the back, John announced it, but I'm going to announce it again. In the back in the foyer is the sign-up sheets for Serve Week. We need you to sign up. These projects cannot happen without your participation. Some of these projects are in the mornings. I understand we have people that work in the evenings. So you that, that don't work in the mornings, we need you to help out in the mornings. Uh, you that are available in the evenings, please help us in the evenings. There's things as, um, as far as rolling helping ministries. There's the laundromat. There's giving out donuts to our fire and, and police and EMT workers and banks. Probably 30 dozen donuts are going to go out that Monday morning. Um, we're we're going to be serving pizza to the teams that we have uh, sponsored at, at for Rowan Little League. There's, there's going to be so many projects going on that week, um, and we need you. And so please, please, please sign up. And if you don't sign up, I'm just going to keep nagging you until you do. Um, I'm like that, that leech that won't go away. Um, so uh, we'll be posting that again on the Facebook page this afternoon. You can sign up online, but I'd really like for you to sign up back there where Patrick's at. And uh, Patrick, just, just, just push them to the side, make them sign up on their way out. Um, I guess there's a, a lunch after church. Um, and so I guess we'll go over there and, and eat and uh, fellowship and, and chow down. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close us in prayer. And um, we'll go ahead and bless the food as well. So y'all y'all don't wait on me. It's going to take me 30 minutes. So you know how I am. Y'all don't wait on me. Let's you don't even have, man, you don't even have to save me. Y'all eat it up. Let's, let's pray. Lord, uh, we, we thank you. God, thank you for the morning. Lord, right now, I just pray for Amber. Um, Lord, I pray you would, um, you would help her. And Lord, if we can do anything for her in the, in the, in the time that, that she's just waiting on you, Lord, allow us to do that. And Lord, allow us to embrace her. Uh, Lord, as this season comes to an end in her life, and, and Lord, we we branch out to a new season. Lord, I just pray that you would be with us in that. Lord, as we close out this service today, thank you. God, thank you for the word that we have heard. Thank you for um, just the, the music and the worship that we've had. Lord, as we go over and share a meal together, I just pray that uh, you would be with us, that you would help us and just fellowship and, and bring laughter and uh, just a good time. Lord, thank you for the ones that have prepared the food for us. And 
Lord, we just pray you'll make it an nourishment to our body so we can serve you this week. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.